Hey everyone, welcome once again to the McNuttiest Dimension. Thanks for taking some time to hang out on the McNuttiest Podcast. I'm Chris McNutt. I hope everyone is doing well or as well as you can possibly do. Lugging around one of these human meat suits in the third dimensional shit show that we call life down here, but uh, we don't need to focus on all the hardships of that uh, journey here in McNutty's podcast where we aim for the lightness side of the spectrum. A reminder to a superpower you always have that you can tap into is your neutral observer goggles. Just look at this whole thing like you're a scientist in a white lab coat with a clipboard looking from the other side of that one-way glass. Just observe the goings-on and notice that it's a bit of a crazy-ass magical wonderland of all kinds of experience and energies ripping around. And we don't even know the degree of like the serious intent we had when we even decided to pop into human form. Because for all we know, it was Friday night. We were hanging out with our friends. We were at the multidimensional cosmic amusement park eating cotton candy. And we saw a ride called Earth Human. 21st century and we said that sounds pretty sick and we waited in line for a half an hour and then that sketchy amusement park ride guy with the smoke hanging out of his mouth he strapped us in and away we went earth human it is and we are just riding that ride right now and when we're done we might be a little shaky we might have to go puke behind the corn dog stand and then we're going to meet our friends and go, whoa, that was freaking amazing. Let's do it again. Which could also be called the Wheel of Samsara. <laughs> That's just another interpretation of the ancient Buddhist archetype of our incarnational cycle. So you may have noticed while you're down here riding the ride of Earth Human 21st century, it's really helpful to have some money in your pocket, some cash in the bank. And there's also lots of different money that you can choose from. We got dollars and yen and euro and rupees. And there's also this crazy ass new world of Bitcoin, Ethereum, SushiSwap, Ripple, Cardano, and all these other cryptocurrencies that you could also use, own, and go that route for your financial interaction in the world. I've dipped my toes into the cryptocurrency waters. I'm not really much of a swimmer. I haven't dove right in, but I don't swim too well in like any financial waters here on this human journey I'm on right now. I'm kind of reluctant in all those ways. I, I, I kind of paddle about. Maybe I roll up my pants and wade into my knees when it comes to this sort of stuff. But I do own some coins. I got some tokens. I got some software wallet platforms where I keep that sort of stuff. So I have checked it out. And I'm curious about how it's all evolving. I see the potential there. I see this interaction with all kinds of different values that are also ripping around in you know what some of us call the new age spiritual community and there's there's actually quite a bit of adoption going on 
in that community to the world of cryptocurrency. So my guest today, Warwick Fitzgerald, is a software engineer and he works in the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency. And for those of you not totally hip to the lingo of this world, blockchain is the platform, it's like the database technology that is uh, underneath, uh, it's like the platform that cryptocurrency operates on, like back to the ancient times we call the 1990s, where we had internet uh, as this basic platform. But at at that time, we didn't have Netflix or Facebook or YouTube or all these other uh, platforms and applications that were built on top of it. So uh, currently blockchain and various different blockchains that are being created is the is the platform on top of which cryptocurrency and all these other financial services operate. And blockchain is used for all other kind of data systems like airports and there's all kinds of things that are operating on blockchain, but one of the main apps is cryptocurrency and uh, the the different types of financial services related to cryptocurrency. So uh, Work is a software engineer in the world of blockchain, but he's also a spiritual explorer, practitioner who's spent time in shamanistic realms and done a lot of deeper work on his own personal side of things. And he's in, you know, he sees it from both sides. He sees this from the technological side. He sees it from the new age spirituality side in the realm of star seed energies and uh, all of that that is uh, whipping about in this earth ascension thing we got going on down here. So cryptocurrency and the spiritual New Age Starseed Convergence. Please welcome to McNuttiest Podcast, Warwick Fitzgerald. Okay. Welcome, Warwick, to the McNuttiest Podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Pleasure to be here, man. And you've had yourself a stormy day down on the Cayman Islands, where you live and sort of hide out in some secret financial bunker from the world. Is that right? That's exactly. It's the modern day pirates hangout. <laughs> okay. So describe the world of the modern day financial pirates of the Caribbean. Ah, it's not nearly as uh, exciting as I just made it sound. It's uh, it's an island filled with lawyers and uh, and accountants, and uh, and I think I might be one of like five software engineers that live on the island. <laughs> so it was software engineering that led you into this world of blockchain and cryptocurrency. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, the uh, I. Uh, I used to be in uh, the what I would call the the ad tech industry, uh, which is a, a soul sapping 
place to spend your time. <laughs> the ad tech industry, you say? Yeah, basically uh, all the all the technology that um, you know the various companies use to target you with clever spam. So uh, you know, they, somebody saw you go to this website and then go to that website and click this button, and then uh, two days later you got an ad saying, "Ooh." We saw you went here and we, you know, well, actually, it doesn't say any of that. It just assumes it knows what you want. And uh, before you know it, you're getting advertisements about things that, uh, you, you know, it kind of knows before you know what you want. <laughs> I used to get ads in my feeds for condoms, and now I get ads for erectile dysfunction and hair loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So exactly. you and your friends certainly figured out <laughs> it, a way uh, how to make my self-esteem shine and glow as I look at my <laughs> ads in my feed. I can't take credit for uh, for all of that. The uh, I, all I know is that I I, uh, I provided the technology to some areas uh, companies like uh, like eBay and Microsoft and guys like that that uh, that, that did with it what they will, but. Um, so a lot of us, even if we're not totally hip to the crypto world, we know Bitcoin. So is that where blockchain and this first application of this technology uh, began? And uh, so maybe you could just walk us through a little bit of a history of uh, you know Bitcoin, blockchain, how the whole thing got going. Blockchains... Um you know, without going into the, the boring technical details, you know, it, it's, its primary function uh, was how do you create a database that can never lie? Now, so when you, when you start to work in industries where, um, the, like say, for example, the public has an interest in knowing for certain that you are honest, right, or you want to demonstrate that you are honest and that there is a no possible way that you have modified your data, uh, that's where blockchains become powerful because you can say, guys, I am gonna I'm gonna be transparent with my information and uh, and you and because I'm using a blockchain in this specific way, you can be hundred percent certain that none of the data that I am sharing with you has ever been modified. And if I did ever change it, it would be it would be there, there. It would be easy for you to detect that change, uh, and that's the that's the kind of world that I think we want to live in, where uh, there's more transparency and uh, you know the the people that want to demonstrate honesty are able to do so in a way that other people can trust, and and that's what that's what blockchain at its fundamental level is about. So some honesty and maybe a little bit of an integrity for the financial world is something a bit of a problem that that blockchain and bitcoin was trying to solve the the really big challenge behind bitcoin was how do we remove a centralized party so we basically uh, what I, what I want is I want a I want a database where no one person is in control so the uh, because if uh, I don't, I don't want to have to rely on. I mean, take a look at what's happening in the world at the moment, right? Uh, the United States decides that what uh, another country is doing, like Venezuela, is wrong, and before you know it, the, the United States just 
is able to turn off the financial system for them, right? They just say, well, sorry, you guys just can't transact with the rest of the world, right? Now, um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but at the end of the day, I don't believe that uh, one group should have the power to uh, make another uh, bend to their uh, belief system. And our current financial system, even though it's spread out around the whole world, it's still kind of centralized in a way. And there's there's people, gatekeepers that can decide whether or not we're allowed to do things. And that, in a sense, is how they keep their power and their control over this whole system that we have to use. Yeah, exactly. And so at the end of the day, you know, you look at um, so there are many countries in the world today which um, like, you know, have, have exchange control. So, for example, if you've made some money in South Africa and you want to leave the country, you have to go and you know, beg the government to let you take your money with you. Right. And if you and so and they're like China is another example is that you know, they, they have very strict exchange controls about like where you can and can't take your money. Can you take it out the country? And at the end of the day, you know, it's I, I work for that money. It's my money. I should be able to put it in my pocket and leave whenever I want. You know, who, who are you to tell me where I can and can't go with my money? <laughs> you know, uh, so. Um, so along came Bitcoin and it's basically decentralized and. If you're using Bitcoin, you basically have the ability to spend the money, do what you want with it without anybody telling you there's any rules. That's sort of it. Exactly. So the, there is there is no one person or no one group that can uh, change the change the law of uh, they, they just you just can't apply politics to it, which is fantastic. And you know the. The other side of it, right, is the the fixed supply of Bitcoin. So, you know, if we look at what's happening around the world today, you know, we go into a uh, pandemic or whatever it is, and you know, depending on your political agenda, the there is someone says, "Whoa, well, you know, we we better help these people over there." So we're just going to print up another trillion dollars here and a trillion dollars there, and we'll we'll hand it out like candy, right? And the truth is, is that what happens to everybody that has been saving their entire life, right, is that all of their savings get diluted. So uh, because there is more money in circulation, it, it reduces the, the, the value of the money that you have saved for your entire life. And you didn't have a say in whether you thought that was a good idea to print trillions and hand it out. And of course, all the banksters had a grand old time with all that money, and you know the uh, the, the folks on the ground got a questionable amount of benefit out of that. But um, you know, the when it comes to Bitcoin, there is there are twenty one million coins, and there will always be twenty one million coins. There is there is no politician or political agenda that could ever change the supply of Bitcoin. So it's a, it's a fixed and finite amount. Right. So let's be clear for those that aren't hip to the world of crypto that these coins like Bitcoin, they, they don't – there's no real – nothing physical that corresponds to them. There is um, – they're just zeros and ones that sit on a server somewhere. There is no 
something, nothing you can hold in your hand, so to speak. But at the same time, um, what you were saying about what I consider to be the dollars that I use uh, and that system is also pretty much just this nebulous affair that the only reason it has value is because there's some belief in it having value, not because it's tangible assets you can hold in your hand. Yeah. I mean, remember at, at one point in time, you know, the, the reason the dollar had value was because it was backed by gold, right? And at, uh, at, at, a, at a point in time, uh, our president of the United States said, yeah, you know what? How about we just, we'll just call it an IOU. I, I promise this thing has value. And as long as we all believe it has value, then it does, right? And so, but it's a belief system and belief systems can change. And are changing. And they certainly are. And now with this cryptocurrency explosion that we have now, I know the overall price of a lot of crypto has taken a bit of a nosedive in recent weeks, but we're still looking at uh, a value of somewhere around $1.6 trillion, isn't it, in the global market cap? Yeah. Now, you know, don't get me wrong, one to $1.6 trillion is still a, a drop in the ocean in, in comparison to, you know, the, the rest of the circulating money supply. But, you know, the, what, what uh, you, you, you can almost think of, uh, there, there are many aspects of the traditional financial system that are like a game of musical chairs where, you know, so uh, gold is a good example, right? So, you have a certain amount of physical gold in existence in the world, right, that has ever been mined, and you have three times as much gold trading on the stock exchange at any point in time, right? So, when so the, even so when, with gold, you're saying so if you're even trading in gold, you don't actually have access to that gold, only like one-third of it is actually kind of like redeemable for actually gold. So, you know, the, at the end of the day, right, you, you know, you if you are left holding the paper gold when the when the music stops, right? You what <laughs> what you have is a piece of paper that says it's gold, but it ain't really gold, right? You know, and so <laughs> you know, the 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 difference with bitcoin, right, is that when the music stops, you know, it's you you own you own the digital currency. You know that it's in in your possession, um, and as at least today, there is far less um, trickery. So that so that um, that market, that secondary market, is called a derivative market. That that basically you have all these financial instruments that derive from the value of something else, and it's like a it's like a house of cards. You know, you got this thing that's built on top of that. All these different fancy financial instruments. And, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we all remember 2008 where you had all these um, mortgage-backed securities and things, you know, th these, all these fancy instruments that uh, effectively told all these companies they had, they had money. But then when the music stopped, you know, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> it's, you, you really didn't, right? So, um, so that, that's, that's what uh, – that's what a lot of the crypto industry is about is uh, making sure that 
there is transparency into your ownership of something so that when 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 you buy an asset you can see i actually own that thing it's not just a piece of paper that says i should be able to get that thing it is you know it's a it's clear title of the thing you own and that clear title that you have for those that don't dabble in the world of crypto it's it's codes or or keys as they call it and that's what you own um but again zeros and ones that are sitting on some server somewhere you might have it in your software wallet or uh your cold wallet or the different types of things they have that you store these things um and for the other banking that i do uh you know i go to my online banking and again it's just zeros and ones um you know i don't have those dollars they never touch my hands but uh it's i i can see it but again it's sitting on another server so what we have is this new system with uh, a new batch of zeros and ones that are sitting on a different batch of servers somewhere yeah exactly and uh and you know, each of those zeros and ones are at the end of the day just backed by, uh, you know, our 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 faith in the, uh, the 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 thing behind it, right? So if you look at Venezuela, you know, there were a lot of people that had lots of money in their bank accounts, and overnight, boop, you know, now that that now they can barely, you know, uh, you know, something that would have that would have been cost effective all of a sudden is completely out of the reach for most people just because the that centralized financial system uh effectively collapsed right so there's uh that's a belief system that that failed all of a sudden so now you're starting to get into the realm of faith where we have this relationship to the traditional financial system and there's a belief in that, that it's based on some sort of concrete reality. But crypto is a new system, but it's based on like some new type of faith and belief in these quote unquote coins, because it's not just Bitcoin. There's like thousands of these. I mean, there's, there's new meme coins and shit coins that are being launched like there's hundreds of them every week isn't that right yeah yeah so um you know i i think that what it comes down to is that we uh we as people have um just been so disappointed by the behavior of uh so many executives in power over the last you know 10, 15 years of our life, probably longer than that, but I feel like the last 10 years. Oh, hell, come on. Like since Reagan, um, the middle class has been getting squeezed. It's been a pretty systematic approach and not just the states, but like the liberal democracies all over the world for the past 40, 50 years have been taking this shift to the side where, you know, the the financial people have more and more power and the rich are getting richer. And this has yeah. been going on for years now, that shift. Right. So, you know, it, um, 
you know, the, I mean, that, that gap between the, the the wealthy and the you know and the the rest is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and we just see uh, we just see these guys getting greedier and greedier and greedier, right? So, uh, you know, if we look at uh, what happened during two thousand eight, right? We we had this banking collapse, and uh, that and then the government had to step in and bail out those banks, right? And what did they do? They turned around and paid the CEOs and these executives hundreds of millions of dollars bonuses, right? So this, you know, the same day that they just that they basically screwed their entire company and the entire country. They like the next day we, they gave themselves bonuses with the money that the government gave them as bailouts, right? Now, you know, so events like that just leave the public in this like position where we. We just say to ourselves, like we we shouldn't have to trust one, a person with this because I don't care who you are, right? And, and look, I don't know, know what their motives are, but here's what we do know: is that uh, there seem there seems to be a repeating pattern of people doing the wrong thing that are in power. So the so if we if we can find mechanisms by which we put the power. Uh, or distribute that power into the hands of all of the people that own the the money instead of uh, these these you know it's it's just a better place to be you know we 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 were telling ourselves that um, hey if I vote for this political party you know that that person will represent my interests when the time comes right and the but let's face it that's They've been doing a pretty shitty job of that of late. So, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily feel like my political interests or my interests in, in general are being very well represented by, <laughs> you know, folks. So, you know, I think that it's inspiring that we're going to make this move, or at least there's an option now for this less centralized kind of option because. Like, let's face it, the people that are in charge of the current system, the, the fiat system, these are the uber greedy of the world. Like, they are, their motivation when they get up in the morning and they go to work is like, I have a billion dollars. I'm going to try to get $2 billion, or I got $10 billion, and I'm going to try to get $20 billion. So, yes, you have these, uh, like high-powered athletes of the Greed Olympics who are, are running the show now. But if you shift it over to cryptocurrency, then, you know, okay, it's, it's, it's me that's sort of running the show. And, and then what I've noticed in my own dabbling in it, well, I got greed in my heart too, because, oh, you yeah. know, I'm watching uh -huh. this stuff every day and it's like, oh my God, got to give me this coins on fire. This thing is, <laughs> you know, going to the moon, give me some of that sushi coin or whatever it is. So it's also my I have to now monitor myself. And so now this greed seems to be transferred because it's in all of our hearts. It's not just on Wall Street. We all have this. And this is now being transferred into this new cryptocurrency system. So it's not exactly a pure greed-free environment. Yeah. So, so, so here's the thing though, right, is that 
uh, I mean, greed and fear are uh, are the two driving factors that that drive these markets, right? And and capitalism, I don't believe is a bad thing. In fact, capitalism, when executed correctly, uh, it can can work extremely well. But what what a lot of people don't always uh, understand about the way that uh, the markets function is that the um, the way that the traditional financial system is set up is it's a it's it's rigged. the The little guy just doesn't stand a chance to win. And you know when you look at um, basic operations like uh, transaction front running so as an example if you look at uh uh robin hood as an example right so you know that robin hood came out with this mobile trading app which was uh you know if you if you trade with um trade with us it's trading trading is free right and the, and it's it's trading for the little guy i mean the app's even called robin hood right you know for the we're here to save you little guy right but on the back end of robin hood what they are doing, right, is when you say buy this cryptocurrency for $5, the first thing Robin Hood does is they reach out to one of their partners and they say, hey, I've got a sucker who wants to buy something for 5 bucks. Do you want the opportunity to buy it? And, and like, do you, want, do you want the opportunity to jump in front of him in the queue, screw him, and then sell it to him for a little bit more? And and so they that's what's called selling the deal flow, right? So as far as far as you're concerned, right, you're just ticking the buy, and this, you saw it happen. And but when it came through, you're like, ah, oh, it cost me five dollars and and twenty cents. That's oh, not so bad, you know. I guess it some something happened, and I was a fee in there or something like that, right? But Robin Hood does that, you know, like a couple hundred million times a day, right? They make an absolute killing of it, right? And the truth is, is that that guy in the middle, right, is the is the is the financial institution essentially getting the opportunity to step in front of you in, in the line and trade in trade in front of you so they will always have the advantage. So and that so that, and that's a rigged game. Like I don't care in how you look at it, it's a freaking con. And I you know, this is where the this the whole joke of like regulators coming in to like make sure the little guy is protected you know come on if you if they were doing their job they would there's no ways they would allow that kind of behavior so what does cryptocurrency in this new environment what does it provide for the little guy that is different than the current financial system and what's so great about that that we should have faith in this for, you know, tomorrow and bringing us somewhere new. So the, so the number one thing that you should be looking for is transparency, right? So the, at the end of the day, uh, things, the systems like uh, decentralized finance allow buyers and sellers to, uh, to, to bet against each other. Let's just call it that, right? But it, but it's a level playing field, right? I, I, I can take a bet against a multinational bank, right? And I know that nobody jumped in front of me to, uh, to, to screw me, right? At the end of the day, if, if, I, if I think the price of Bitcoin is going up and 
some Wall Street trader thinks it's going down and he wants to bet against me, hey, it's a, that's, that's a level playing field. Uh, but so what, what, decentral, what decentralized finance and, and these uh, new financial tools do for me is they just give me confidence that I'm on, this, I'm, I'm on a level playing field with the big guy. And that, and I don't think that's too much to ask, actually. So we got this wild west of cryptocurrency in the financial world, but I'm kind of curious and attracted to how crypto has infiltrated in, and is being adopted in the spiritual community in this time when you know everyone's talking about earth shift and how humanity is up leveling from third density to fourth density and we're going through consciousness transformation and you know we're in this we're, we're in this renaissance and this up leveling period of humanity old systems are crumbling that includes the old financial system and there's this new faith around cryptocurrency that it's a bit of a it's going to be a savior in some way and not just for the little guy but there's like there's another level to it where people are engaging it that it's like spirit and the realms beyond are working to make crypto the new system for the new earth and you know like help take humanity into some new tomorrow yeah, uh, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. It, uh, you know, as someone who kind of, you know, my background is in kind of technical fundamentals, right? So I, so I look at look at everything from the like, what does the technology do? Is the technology better than that technology? Is this technology better than that technology? And um, and you're saying that through that, the value is determined. So like the, the ability of the technology to be solving a, a real world problem. So um, gives it the value. So if you're going to invest in something, you invest in the better technology. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, and that, that for the most part is the case. But along comes this kind of spiritual community that, uh, you know, I got turned on to uh, and via a long kind of wound up story on shamanism and Z and, you know, a couple interesting paths. But at the end of the day, I find myself in this spiritual community that is using some really kind of interesting ways of uh, predicting what the cryptocurrency market is going to do. And uh, it's, it's fascinating because uh, I almost, you know, even though I am so, so invested in the technical fundamentals, my, my heart resonates with so much of what is going on in the spiritual community that I can, you know, I, you know, um, I I would put more faith in what the prediction of spirit is than what my you know computer methodical engineering brain wants to do. Which honestly, I never thought I would do. But you know, here here I am. <laughs> I'm curious about your own spiritual journey, if that's what you want to call it, personal journey that 
got you to this place. Um, you know, it's hard to know what you even call that these days, spiritual. It seems to all kind of be blending and morphing into (laughs) one. We used to have separate place, like the temple where we did that sort of thing. And then we went and did other things, other places. And now it seems to just be blending together in some new flavor. But you were a software engineer and did you just start exploring other dimensions of your being? How did that work? Yeah, so it. Um, I mean, so it, in a, in a nutshell, right? So I was I was born in South Africa. I was actually raised a, a Jehovah's Witness. Um, so I, I spent quite a bit of time, you know, doing the Jehovah's Witness thing. You know, knocking on doors and having tea with old grannies and talking about the Bible and you know and. So I spent a good deal of time doing that. And as I got older, you know, I was exposed to just tremendous amounts of uh, racism and uh, kind of a very, just a very jaded path in growing up in South Africa. And because um, there was a lot of political conflict during that time with uh, apartheid, things like that. And you know, so I, I was, uh, I was an atheist for most of my life. Um, and just, uh, and actually, so without, without me knowing, uh, I, you know, I had become a, uh, an alcoholic over time and it was really through, uh, you know, I'd always been, uh, interested in um, metaphysical topics like the holographic universe, uh, you know, and um, a number, uh, you know, that, that type of field of, of information, the, the, the Kashik fields, things like that. But, you know, but being an alcoholic, you know, you spend most of your time just absorbed in doing that and not actually uh, any of the spiritual stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, through some legal troubles, you know, the, the, you know, the United States gave me this kind reminder that, uh, you know, that I was make, getting myself into trouble. And, uh, I, so I ended up getting uh, a DUI and that just made my life miserable. And it, by the, by the luck of many stars, the universe guided me into, uh, uh, a, a very good, uh, therapeutic environment. And that kind of like, uh, switched, a, a just, switch something in my head uh luckily managed to pull out of that entire situation and um shortly thereafter i uh i had an experience on uh psilocybin that just gave me uh the only way i could describe it is like a a past life experience and a uh a conversation with the universe that if anyone is anyone that's done psychedelics knows that there are no words that could take you to the place that would <laughs> help to explain this, but um, it really triggered in me a, uh, a a very very deep desire to understand uh, shamanic practice, uh, and so I went down so many different uh, avenues of uh, shamanism. Uh, of course, with psychedelics being illegal in the United States, um, I, I eventually ended up uh, finding my way into uh, holotropic breathwork, which uh, is effectively a uh, a way to 
put yourself in psychedelic states, uh, but without the psychedelics. I studied with them for quite some time, and that took me into uh, this Around this this realm where uh, holotropic, uh, so Stanis Groff uh, did a whole lot of research on this topic, and uh, one of the uh, he he talks a lot about transpersonal experiences. Uh, you know, people that uh, effectively have these psychedelic experiences and have past life experiences, and um, you know, I just started to realize that my experience wasn't that crazy, and that this uh, this was a quite a well studied field. Um, and, you know, to, and then, you know, to make things even crazier and crazier for me, right. You know, it was this line that this, I then started finding or started making it saner and saner. Yeah, exactly. It was just, I just started loving it because I started finding, uh, fields like, um, uh, transpersonal, uh, or, and, uh, archetypal astrology. Uh, so, you know, to started understanding that, uh, these experiences are tied into uh, astrological experiences. Uh, so, the, and before I know it, uh, I found myself in, and I still don't even know how I found myself in Z's shamanic class, but somehow I did. And that just changed my life. You know, the, it's, uh, it's been incredible. So for some background, you and I met through a course that we're both currently taking called Galactic Shamanism with the teacher Z Earth Star Healer, yeah, who's based in New Mexico. She's camped out in the hills with her starseed friends, and they're doing some deep, deep transformative work um, and teaching others. Uh, it's wonderful stuff. So you started hanging out with the starseeds. Yeah. There's a starseed waiting in the car. He's texting all his friends to meet him at the bar. I tell people I used to, oh yeah, I used to be in meditation and <laughs> Buddhism, and now I'm hanging out with the starseeds, and damn, they are letting it rip <laughs> from some new dimensions. They're bringing some new oh, yeah. levels this to this game. Just next level world. It's uh, it's fantastic, you know, the and to see some of the the younger generation and just how tapped in they are into this uh this space is just amazing. You know, that they it's really uh, a breath of fresh air. There's a star seed riding on her bike For a hundred bucks she'll clear your past life trauma if you like oh. And the, um, the space that it's opened up in my life has been fantastic Because she's really uh, encouraged me to do a lot of self-reflection um, you know, and, and through it, I've found, um, my love for, uh, this, the, you know, kind of the source creation or God or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call that these days. Um, you know, I, I lost a lot of that as a, as a kid and you know, I, I found it again. Uh, and it's, it's just a, it's a beautiful place to be again. So, and, and really what, uh, what happened there, right. Is that I, I developed such a deep sense of trust in Z that when she told, when she said, 
oh, I've got a, a, a spiritual guy that does crypto stuff, you know, uh, that, that she knew. I was, yeah, I, I kind of rolled my eyes. I was like, yeah, okay, here we go. Like, how does spirit and cryptocurrency connect, right? And, you know, and and then I ended up in this group with uh, with, with a bunch of starseeds who are into crypto stuff and they're using all of the woo-woo powers that that the, that the community has to have, right? To look into you know things like um, uh, remote viewing, uh, you know, uh, talking to spirit guides to get predictions on cryptocurrency, and you know stuff that there's just no way I would have believed in a couple of years ago. And you know, and but now I now I really love being part of that community. It's just a it's a great place and. The energy you find in it is fantastic, you know. So it uh, and and it really freaking is accurate more times than not, which is even wilder, right? <laughs> and on some level, probably not anything new, because in the financial world of making money off of stocks or, or cryptocurrency coins. Knowing the future is super helpful. So there has always been mediumship and psychics and people going to Ouija boards in their parlor to kind of get some future yeah, financial yeah. advice. And, you know, there's been psychics and people applying that trade, you know, as long as there has been this type of finances. So with this newer stuff, are you feeling it's sort of some of the same along those lines or is there something different i think it does and and the, you know it it um so this notion that there is a crypto consciousness is one that admittedly i am still grappling with myself but so the, apparently there's consciousness with everything yeah. that's part of some of this new information like rocks have consciousness <laughs> or there's really nothing out there that doesn't have consciousness. Right. It's all life and consciousness. Or and that's that's the theory. So everything is part of oneness, this field of unified consciousness. So if it's part of that, like cryptocurrency, then does cryptocurrency have consciousness? Here's what I'll tell you is that through uh, through Stu and the cosmic crypto community, you know I, I've I've met some amazing folks who have uh, you know who've pointed at like specific cryptocurrencies and said you know this is a winner right and you know not you know using all my technical powers of perception you know I've looked at it and gone no I'm not buying it that's ridiculous and. Lo and behold, you know, like a couple months later, I'm going, damn, I wish I'd bought some of that. It's, you know, so they, um, but the understanding the the consciousness aspects of it, um, you know, I, I do, I do believe that it is tied into this Akashic kind of behavior somehow, or I mean, I've, I've experienced and seen some of that akashic kind of river uh, on some of my journeys and i so i i don't know how this consciousness emerges from that field and and directs the behavior here but i think it has a lot to do with um 
just under predicting the the general behavior of communities is what it comes down to and and this is where uh, I think community is the is the key to it all right and which is part of this evolution that we're going through you, you touched on it before where you said that you have this analytical side and when you are evaluating a financial asset you use that those analytics to decide whether or not it's worth investing in and that's a very third dimensional third density strategy we've been using for thousands of years we're analytical and we apply it to our world and the financial system is really like the high temple of rational analytical thought. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and now it's being applied to cryptocurrency and like situation like the cosmic crypto group you're involved with. And the mind starts freaking the fuck out because, you know, the heart space is in charge. And it's so the mind's like, what? There's a coin named after a dog and like it knows there's no reason it should have any value but bam it does because of community exactly and the 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 community is what um is is what makes it all right it's the, it's the so what you find is that um so I uh, so, so I you know I've worked in uh, blockchain spaces where the where the community uh, isn't fostered correctly and the technology starts out fantastic. Well, the, I mean, the technology is it has it doesn't change, right? But what you do see, right, is that people just fall out of love with it, right? And the and people essentially go, yeah, the technology is cool, but I just I just don't feel it anymore, or I don't I don't align with it, right? And the what I believe we're seeing, right, is the the reason that we see the 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 spiritual community doing so well in this space is because they are one of the few groups in the world right now who are not acting from a place of fear. So the, you know they they are able to stay aligned with um with with truth right now and just aren't getting sucked into or trying not to get sucked into the fear porn that is you know around us every day at the moment and for that reason that that kind of that community is much stronger much healthier and those communities foster they they bring in more excitement and more energy into certain spaces. And even if the technology isn't as good, what you actually need is the community. The community has all the strength. It it is what determines the value of these things these days. And if the and if if the, if the technology isn't um, what it needs to be, with the right enthusiasm, you'll find the technology can become what it needs to be. That's the you can't you can't take technology and give it heart, but you can take heart and you can give it technology, right? Fell in love with the coin, bought it all at once, used all my savings. It's 
named after a dog Elon Musk says it's one I must be craving Can't think of a time to sell My mind says now, but my heart says never I ask Elon, but he won't tell He's just flying into space cause he's so clever And a shining example of this is Dogecoin, which started off as the phrase, you know, it's a shit coin, where um, the tech's not really that good, and but you got all these meme coins hitting the market that are named after dogs <laughs> and sushi and moons, and uh, Doge is an example, as well as Shiba Inu, yep. which went from nothing recently, like nothing, to being the 20th most valuable coin in the cryptosphere uh, recently, and that's out of thousands of coins. <laughs> wow, and so, man. What can you say about Doge and right. Shiba Inu and their value, the value of their technology versus the community and what that ratio is? Um, I think that I think that the technology and also so the the the, the two different two very different things. So with with Dogecoin, right, you had uh, something that was clearly started as a joke right so and and it's not even uh, it's not even a secret right it's like somebody said hey let's just for fun make this thing right and it it just got wildly out of control and the community just loves it uh, and because it's got a cool dog and it's a awesome community and for whatever reason and I, I you know as so a full disclosure right i said i bought some dogecoin as a as a joke, you know, it was like, wow, this, you know, this, uh, no, actually it was, it was on Spirit's recommendation, right? So this can and the strangest thing happened was that I bought it and it, it, it did really, it, it pumped up to a really high price and I, and I didn't want to sell it. You know, so, I, you know, <laughs> I was emotionally invested in, in the success of this so-called joke, right? And that's where I realized, hold on a minute. It's not such a joke because I'm emotionally invested in this thing. And if I'm emotionally invested in this thing, that means that a lot of other people are. And that that means a lot to something. So it, it may not. Uh, and these are some of the higher teachings that are coming through. This is the emotional power that we have as humans. These are some of our true superpowers that we have of being human. And we're making the shift from the mental energy into the the heart space. Humanity is evolving. And here's an example of something that's purely in the heart space that is successful for no other reason except for the heart space. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the and you know and and I should be clear. I mean, you know, I I love technology. I mean, that's what I live for. You know, I build technology. I I love great technology. So you know, for me to to love like a, a technology that really doesn't have like you know fancy technology behind it is a is a fascinating phenomenon for me. You know, it just means like oh, there, there is some kind of shift here. Like, the why, why do I love this thing? You know, and I couldn't tell you. It's just, it's just an interesting place to be. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, other, some of these other coins like uh, Shiba Inu, some of these guys are, 
they they have a they have a different kind of uh, ethos to them, right? So uh, in most of these cryptocurrencies, what happens is that somebody comes along and they say, "I'm going to build this technology, but I'm going to keep." 10% of the coins, right? So that if the technology does well, I'm going to do well, right? So there's a there's an aspect of greed to it, right? And then you can you had these guys at Shima that came along and they said, "You know what? Actually, we're not going to do any of that. Like I'm we're going to take 50% of the 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 money we're going to we're going to give it to uh, Vitalik, right? That that was the extent of the the greed in this thing, right? And even after Vitalik basically sold it all and gave it away like you know the 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 community is for unexplained reasons right just loves the thing and is continuing to build it passionately right and this this is what uh that's what community is about right is that when you can get people to put their heart and soul into something uh without a clear uh you know greed factor behind it now don't get me wrong i'm sure everybody has got a vested interest in it because they want to see their the value of the coin go up. Nobody's doing this for for, for nothing, but the power of that community is it's cool. And you know, it's a it's it wasn't started as a joke. It was started as a as a as a different economic model. And this is what blockchain is fantastic at doing. It's it's like it's like t- it's like taking you know it's like taking our financial system right. And and saying like, yeah, this one's not working. Let's just let's just create a new one. And and if people are interested in that one, we'll, they'll move and use that one. It's like saying let's just you know what dollar the the dollar one is not working. Let's create the dollar two And uh, and then a few days later we realize, nah, you know what some greedy pig is abusing it this way. Nah, scrap it. Let's change the dynamics of it and create dollar three right? And you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna keep doing that. Until the greedy pigs aren't screwing it up for whatever reason, you know, and th- that's what we're seeing right now, right? Is we're seeing economic models just jump from one to the next to the next to the next to the next, right? And you're seeing some really clever guys like come in and exploit it and you know do all kinds of silly things. But really, what you what we're seeing is the is like lightning fast evolution of uh, economic systems, things that used to take us hundreds of years to test out. We now are like doing on a weekly basis, you know, which is, you know, and that should that should excite us, right? That means that the the speed of uh, fairness in economics, right? We we're coming to an equilibrium where we're testing out all these things, and it's this concept of fail fast, right? We put something out there, people think it sucks, they pull their money out of it, it implodes. We move on to the next one. Huh? Okay, try the next one, next one, next one. And and what we're seeing every day is it's just getting better and better and better and better. So so you know we're we're trying out economic models that we just would never even have dreamed of years ago. So there's this speed and this excitement and rapid change, but we don't really like change. I mean, some People like it. They're on the cutting edge. This is my world. I love this. I'm going with this. But the other 99% of humanity, it's like this is going a little too fast. So where are you seeing like the play between these patterns going on? Like when are we going to see 
mass adoption of cryptocurrency because it's still a volatile market. Oh, yeah. I, I heard this quote that your mom is not there to make sure you have your helmet on at the skateboard park of cryptocurrency <laughs> and you can bail pretty hard because it's all up to you. So um, does this go full circle now? Like, do we go into this with the heart space and leave our analytical mind behind to have the heart space lead the way? Is that the approach? Yeah. You know, I think, I think the, the question of like getting left behind is, is like you said, people don't like change, right? So you, there are, there are two kinds of people, right? Those that kind of go, this thing is too complicated. I can't do it. Right. And then there are like those that go, uh, all right, I'm willing to give it a go, right? And the and I'm sure you can attest to the fact that, like, you know, it's like you start out and you say, like, all right, I'll, I'll put my toes in the water and see see what this thing is about, right? And like, with within days, right? You know, you got you're surfing, <laughs> you know. There's a you know, it doesn't mean that you know what the hell you're doing. It's you know, you you could still be way out of your depth, but the but the truth is is that um, there, there are, it's not, it's not for everybody. The, the, um, there are some people that just feel, uh, scared of it and, uh, are not, just don't have the, the mental space to, to get into it. And, and that's okay. But will it get to a point of mass adoption and what will it take? Cause you know, the benefits of it that, that you talk about that's held in the, the heart space of the community is it's a decentralization. Let's get our financial system out of the hands of the greedy few. Let's make it accessible to everyone. Let's maybe grow this based on uh, our heart energy and our emotions as well, rather than the just hard analytics. So, um, when are we going to see this shift to a more mass adoption? Well, I, th I think, I think it's, I mean, the mass adoption is it's here. It's happening right now. The, you know, we're like, I'm seeing banks, uh, you know, integrating on the back end. So, you know, don't be surprised if within the next year of your life, you know, you walk into your bank and they tell you, you can buy Bitcoin at the bank. Uh, and that your bank will keep it for you. You know that they, they, they can see the writing on the wall, and they they know that uh, their days are numbered if they don't start figuring this out real quick. So uh, you know, the, I think that you know when you look at companies like uh, PayPal, you know you can buy cryptocurrency on PayPal. Everybody knows how to use PayPal. You know, you now. There's limited functionality once you've actually like bought that cryptocurrency on PayPal, but you can do it there, right? Um, you know, I believe that we're going to see. Uh, you know, I mean, you look at like companies like uh, Tesla. You know, they're allowing you to buy cars with Bitcoin, things like you know, things of that nature, right? But ultimately, the the biggest driving factor is going to be uh, people wanting to find smart places to put their money. And the truth is, is that today, no matter what you do with your savings, if you put it in a bank, you're losing money. 
inflation is is accelerating faster than the interest rate is. So, and your bank is maybe giving you less than one percent interest, right? Now, in your in your lifetime, in my lifetime, right? It used to be compounding interest was the thing that was going to help you to retire. I was going to put some money in the bank, and I believed in compounding interest. And by the time I retired, I was going to have a, a nest egg that was going to help me to to retire safely, right? But the truth is, is that what's happening right now is that people can't find a bank that's going to give them any decent interest rate, right? So they are currently being forced to invest their money in the stock market, which is in all these giant tech companies and you know overvalued stocks. So it's they're, they're being forced to gamble with their uh, with their retirement savings, which is sad because a lot of people are going to get hurt in that process, and. I think that the uh, the need for people to find a place where they can get a steady return on their money in a in, a, in, a, in a, an investment vehicle that's safe and will give you a decent interest rate is what will drive mass adoption. To I mean today you can get interest rates of, of in a, in very safe vehicles uh, of at least eight to twelve percent, uh, you know, on, in cryptocurrency and. So I could take any one of your savings plans, put it into a regulated company. This is not like a Mickey Mouse like uh, you know entity. These entities are regulated in the U.S. They're tightly controlled. You know the, they have they have to have insurance. All those all the things that you would expect your bank to have. There is a crypto bank that does the same thing, and will give you eight to twelve percent interest on your money, and I think that when people understand that and go, wait a minute, I don't have to get this garbage interest rate from my bank. I can go over there and get the same compounding interest rate that I would have got beforehand. I think that's when the penny drops and you're going to see a rush of people into going, wow, I just I just have to find a reliable way to to, to earn interest on my money. That, that's a bare minimum these days, you know. I don't I don't even have to gamble on the on the cryptos. I can. I'm just looking for a, a safe place to put it and earn interest. Now you say that exists at the moment, yeah. but is that using crypto and you have to own Bitcoin or Ethereum or one of the top coins? And when you're paid that interest, are you paid in that cryptocurrency? It, you can. Uh, it doesn't. Ha- it can be in those cryptocurrencies. So if you if you want exposure to something like Bitcoin, if you believe the price of Bitcoin will go up in time, you can uh, invest it in Bitcoin, but you can also in- convert it into what's called a stable a stable dollar right, or stable coin. So uh, coins like USDC are pinned to the dollar, right? Meaning that it's like, it's just a digital version of your dollar. You, you, send, you convert your paper fiat money into digital dollars and it will always track the value of the dollar, um, and you can so you you can invest in digital dollars and get digital compounding interest in dollars. Uh, it's just so it'll it'll stay this peg to the same value. Me personally, I I believe that the um, the dollar at some point in time will, is just going to be outperformed by Bitcoin uh, by a long stretch. So. I, if you were, if you, 
and again, like any good portfolio manager will tell you, like you know, this is not a this is not an all or nothing game. You know, you don't put all your savings into Bitcoin and pray that you know this is going to work out, right? You know, you you take a portion of your portfolio, just like you should have a portion of your money in precious metals like gold and silver. You should have a portion of your money in the stock market, and and this is another portion of your money that you invest in. Um, you know, into cryptocurrency. It's a, uh, it's a, it's part of your investment strategy. It's not the investment strategy. Okay. What about the investment strategy that many of us, you, me, many others, where we're investing in our own self development? We're going within. We're raising our vibration, increasing frequency, releasing old habits and traumas, and we're accelerating our growth on that level, which some would say that that's the deepest wealth that you can have. So how are you seeing that relationship to cryptocurrency for yourself and perhaps others? You know, I I think that, um, I think that all of us have, have got, so much work to do at a personal level that you know the you know we we see, we see the side effects in cryptocurrency right i mean it, it, like you said you you really start to um see it in yourself the the greed and fear aspects of uh of of life and patience right i mean the you know we the the cryptocurrency market is 24/7 non-stop right so i mean once you get into this stuff you know you can sit on your phone and you can watch the price go up and down all day long every minute of the day you can wake up three o'clock in the morning and look at your phone and go oh my god oh my god what's it doing what's it doing you know and you will drive yourself absolutely bonkers <laughs> you know or you can uh place place your investment uh trust trust your heart and Come back and see how it's doing once a month, right? And the uh, now that is not nearly as much fun as what you know. What, what once you get into this space, it gets crazy, and it's it's there's so many of these things, and the communities are just so much fun that uh, you know it, there's there's a lot of um, variety there. But to, but to but I do think that it teaches you a lot about yourself it, because you, you, when you start to see the price dropping and you're looking at it regularly, you know, you, it takes a tremendous amount of self-control to control that fear. Right. And what, and what, here's what we know about, uh, you know, the, right now we're getting the, 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 these, these advanced traders, you know, from wall street coming into the game. Right. And the, Listen, these boys know how to manipulate fear, right? I mean, they like you know, and they got a lot of money to do it, right? So you know, you've you've put your life savings in crypto, and they're like, "Watch me screw with this guy's emotions." You know, they'll drive the price all the way down, right? Now they know that they're going to buy it and then wait for it to skyrocket again. But you know, if you don't have your emotions in check. Uh, you, you're just, you're going to panic at some point and be like, all right, I don't want to lose everything I'm going to sell right now. And like, you know, it's just, it's going to happen. Right. One of, one of my, one of my trading gurus makes the statement that, uh, uh, it's a transfer of wealth from the impatient to the patient. So, uh, you know, so if you are, 
willing to exercise patience and belief, you know, and not get caught up in the fear and the greed, the wealth will be yours is, is the bottom line. Let's fast forward 20 years in the world financial system. And where do you see cryptocurrency in that? Whole Ooh, 20 years from now is, uh, I know no one knows what the frick <laughs> is going to happen five <laughs> years from now, let alone 20 years, the rug of kind of future predictability and certainty has been just yanked out yeah. from underneath humanity and no one has a freaking clue where it's going. But what about maybe like your heart space? What, what are you feeling that this is where all this is going? What, what I believe will happen is that um, this, this uh, blockchain uh, ecosystem is another, it's, it's also called uh, the internet of value, right? And I think that groups of humans uh, will find value in uh, community and their communities will find like pockets of value. Right. And today we are today we, we believe that we have to all harmonize money back down to like one thing, right? To to the dollar or whatever it is, so that we can trade internationally and have all this, you know, like uh monetary exchange stuff. But I think that um I think that as humans we are realizing that we need to go back to microcosms of communities and i think that uh what it looks like is the like if we think about what a what a what a zulu tribe used to look like you know you know a couple hundred years ago where uh communities was was strong and there was barter and exchange between uh different uh, tribes things like of that nature I think that we end up in a place where we, these little microcosms of finance allow us to step back, step back in time, but step forward in time where we, we, uh, we, we build communities and we choose the economics that we want to see in those communities. We don't, uh, we don't allow this one huge top-down approach to kind of force us all to think about economics a certain way. We, we understand that we have the technology that empowers our, our community to act and transact the way that, uh, that we want to exchange value. And those belief systems and values that we exchange will attract other people of the same values as us because nobody's going to want to take uh, love tokens or whatever it is if they can't buy a fancy Porsche over there with it, right? But if you, but if what you want to buy with your love tokens is a service that does something for you and your heart, then you see value in that, and you don't mind uh, taking payment in love tokens or whatever that is, right? There's a, uh, you know, that that's. I, I think that that the unit, the unit of exchange will will match the values of the community. Well, apparently humans are known throughout the galaxy for our creativity and the speed in which we evolve and adapt and change our systems. So uh, 
that's likely going to continue. And I appreciate how you were talking about the macro and the micro, how we're, we're um, going micro as well as macro, where we think things are becoming one and we're all going to have like one world currency and all these systems. But the strength of the individual yeah. and individual communities is also coming through and we're aligning our beliefs and connection with our unique individuality that's also manifesting at the same time as as this oneness and so maybe we're going to express this financially through our use of love tokens is that the latest crypto icu you got on your up your sleeve uh love tokens you know i uh it, it, it's an idea i've been playing with it's uh it's not it's not a it's not a very good economic model, but it's, uh, uh, but it, the, let's just say it, it's the community. Exactly. It's, it's, the, it's community. the love token community. Exactly. You heard it here. First friends love tokens working as software buddies. <laughs> will figure out the tech. Um, you tell me when the ICO is so I could get on the ground floor at a rock bottom price for some love tokens. The, the the only the only way to get love tokens is to is to do good in the world. By the way, so it, we we don't we don't take dollars for these tokens. <laughs> Just moving up the chakras to the new age of humanity or ascension or you know into the heart space, whatever we call it, that's going on around here. We know something's going on. Not sure what it is, but work. I really appreciate your insight and perspective on all of this from the technical to the heart space and everything in between. I learned a lot about cryptocurrency and um, I also know I shouldn't be so analytical. I'm trying to exercise those demons myself and move into my own heart space of beings and love tokens will take us there. Yeah, well, we're, we're waiting for it to happen, but it's, uh, it's, it's destiny. It's man. destiny. <laughs> Love tokens. Thanks, Work. That was an awesome chat. Thank you, Chris. It was fantastic. Well, thanks, everyone, for hanging out with me in the McNuttius Dimension here today. We mentioned the work of Z Earthstar Healer in the show with uh, work. Um, if any of you resonate with the journey of being a starseed, I recommend that you check out her work and the work she's doing with others in her sphere. It is deep. It is beautiful, it's powerful, and transformative, and you won't be disappointed. Z, that's an X-I-Z, Earthstar Healer, uh, the Earthstar Sanctuary, um, earthstar.academy is the website. Uh, there's a YouTube channel. She does regular postings and transmissions. Starseed mission support is something that's very dear to her heart, um, it is wonderful, wonderful energy. The transmissions coming through from our Starseed friends. Big thanks to the work they're doing and, and the transformation they're helping to manifest here right now. 
And Warwick also mentioned a group he's a part of, Cosmic Crypto. If you go to starseedadventures.com, there's some links to that group. Uh, Stu Daly is his name. He's a wonderful soul who is very inspired to help people engage with the world of cryptocurrency, um, bringing in some starseed dimensions to the whole experience. So if that sings to you in any way, starseedadventures.com. Thanks to White Stripes as a source of the musical inspiration in this week's episode, along with David Bowie, one of the original starseeds from the first wave of starseed volunteers who started popping into this realm shortly after World War II. I'm kind of more of like a second waver. Generation X vintage, or maybe I'm just a guy at the Cosmic Amusement Park riding the Earth Human 21st Century ride with my friends. It's going to end sometime. I'm going to get off and maybe puke behind the corn dog stand. But I am enjoying it, and I hope you are enjoying the ride as well. If you would like to connect, and it would be so great to hear from you any all the time. McNuttiest is all you need to know on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for tuning in and spending time in the McNuttiest dimension. I'm Chris McNutt. I'll catch you next time. McNuttiest. McNuttiest. McNuttiest.